Ridiculous. Welcome to Ridiculous, an extensive look into the world of Harry Potter. I'm Samantha. And I'm Robin, and we're digging deeper into a world we love to learn more about the wizarding world. Okay, we're back for episode 19. For more, more Dumbledore. More Dumbledore. Happy and, Dumble January. That's right. This is uh, episode 19, part 3. And I, I did a little bit of research. You did a lot of research. I did a little bit more research. So do we have anything else we need to talk about? We pretty much talked about everything Bad. on your stuff. I think we're both getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> we're Folks, it's been a long day. And I'm, bad. you know, I always listen to podcasts and think they record and then upload. And that's not how it's done. So... Yeah. We we've recorded three episodes and then we had before that we had a lot a lot of fun going on so mm-hmm. um, we try to be more upbeat. I just day. don't want to be loud and overpower Samantha. It's part of my problem. Be loud, it's okay. Be yourself. <laughs> be, be yourself. You somebody be. put somebody put on uh, on uh, one of my posts. She said, "Boo, do you?" Yes. Or boo, do you. That's what she said. You do boo, you. boo, you do you. Yes. So I'm going to read a part of, it's just not the whole thing because this is just yeah. part of it, um, Albus's obituary. This was written by Alpheus Doge. Alpheus Doge, yeah. yes. Um, Albus Dumbledore was never proud or vain. He could find something to value in anyone. However, apparently insignificant or wretched, and I believe that his earlier losses endowed him with great humanity and sympathy. I shall miss his friendship more than I can say, but my loss is as nothing compared to the Wizarding Worlds, that he was the most inspiring and the best loved of all Hogwarts headmasters cannot be in question. He died as he lived, working always for the greater good, and to his last hour, as willing to stretch out a hand to a small boy with dragon pox as he was on the day that I met him. I... Give me a little bit of tears. I know. Well, honestly, like, I can, I'm pulling up this, um, this meme that I remember. I don't think I can find it quickly enough to pull it up. However, I think that this obituary of Dumbledore's is very, very reminiscent of what we're going to see of Joe one day. I do, too. And I, I remember this meme that I... So I'm I like I love Joe this much. Like I'm kind of tearing up thinking about it. But um, I remember this meme that I saw a couple years ago, and it's like one day my kids aren't gonna understand why I'm standing in the kitchen crying. And, like, when, oh, I've seen yes. that when Joe yeah. rolling passes away. Yeah. yeah, and like we're gonna take to the streets and you know hold up our phones and you know yeah you know I'm like my but my kids are gonna know and yeah. my kids are gonna cry with me yeah because. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be what we're going to see one day. Yeah, I don't want to do ever see it. I do. Well, right. you know, it's yeah. hard. You know, it's hard. We all get older and we all die, and yeah. it's, you know, and you, it's. Joe has given herself in a way to the public that we know her. Yeah, she's not. Some authors write books and then they seclude themselves. Yeah. Some. Give a little bit of information. Joe has given her whole self over to this story and to the public. Yeah. And she doesn't not share. Yeah. I mean, she has a private life, and there's a lot of that we don't know about her private yeah. life, but yeah, she's also she and she but she's also given um, a lot yeah. than, uh, than a lot of authors give and, and to I'm, the public. Two two points to that. Joe literally went from being the richest woman, I think it was like in Britain, just the richest woman. In no, I think it was in the world. Was it the world? I couldn't remember. To being not even, she wasn't on, like she gave so much money that she stopped being on the Forbes list of richest people. I think she dropped. I think. Did she drop? I think she, she was like number two and then, I think she was the world's richest author. Yeah. And she was like number two or three on the Forbes list. Yeah. And then she, she gave away so much money yeah. she dropped. She dropped. She was yeah. still on the list, but not. Yeah. And I feel like if you're if you're gonna have that much money, that's what you need to do with it. The other thing I wanted to say about Joe is that. And buy a castle. 
Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'll buy Alamic, please. She's like, I'm like, going to buy a castle. She sure did. Um, the other thing I want to say about Joe is that when you write a series as powerful as what she has written, you are infinite. She will never truly die because right. she has given so much of herself to us. Which, for that, we can never be anything but grateful. And that is why I get so... Can I cuss? You want, me, you want me to be? You want me to be family friendly? I, I would rather you be okay. family friendly. I get so furious when people get on Twitter or whatever social media they're on and they bash her, and I'm like, "Shut up!" Because haters are gonna hate. But still, like, you will never find another person. Maybe you will. I don't know, but she's kind and she's just she is every character in Harry Potter that is good she also takes that in stride Mm -hmm. as a duck with water off its back Mm -hmm. and she She does does not take it lying down either she will fight back and and that's exactly it and she does it in a way to where she's not mean mean yeah so that again elevates her yeah Elevates her ten times. Yeah, I mean, I think I think not only can we learn from her characters, but we can learn from her. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Defend yourself, but be kind doing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> speaking of Joe, so mm-hmm. Joe has stated she enjoys writing Dumbledore because he is the epitome of goodness. Rowling said that Dumbledore speaks for her as he knows pretty much everything about the Harry Potter universe. Rowling mentioned that Dumbledore regrets that he was, that he has always had to be the one who knew, and who had the burden of knowing, and he would rather not know. As a mentor to the central character Harry Potter, Dumbledore is a very wise man who knows that Harry is going to have to learn a few hard lessons to prepare him for what may be coming in his life. He allows Harry to get into what he wouldn't allow another pupil to do. He also unwittingly unwillingly permits Harry to confront things he'd rather protect him from. In a 1990 interview, Rowling stated that she imagined Dumbledore more as a John Gil- Gilliard? I have no idea. Gil- Gilliard? Gilliard type. You know, quite elder- elderly and quite stately. I know who she's talking about. This is an older um, British man. Oh, okay. During his time as a student, Dumbledore was in Gryffindor House. Rowling said that in an interview that Dumbledore was about 150 years old. However, on her website, she states that Dumbledore was born in 1881, making him either 115 or 116 when he died. Hmm. On the 19th of October, 2007, Rowling was asked by a young fan whether Dumbledore finds true love. Rowling said that she always thought of Dumbledore as being homosexual and that he had fallen in love with Galette Grindelwald which was Dumbledore's greatest tragedy. Rowling did not explicitly state whether Grindelwald returned his affections. Rowling explains this further by elaborating on the motivations behind Dumbledore's flirtation with the idea of wizard domination of muggles. He lost his moral compass completely when he fell in love, and I think subsequently became very mistrustful of his own judgment in those matters, so became quite asexual. He led a celibate and bookish life. Um, I have something I was going to say about that. Okay. Lost it. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it wasn't you. It was, it was me trying to actively listen to you and remember what I had to say. Um, go on, maybe I'll think about it. Okay. So, I have broken down... Um, the books to where he comes into play. Um, so in book one, uh, the Philosopher's Stone, or as we Americans like to butcher things, the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, was moved to Hogwarts and this was done by um, Dumbledore to protect it because he knew, because he knows everything, uh, as we just learned, that it was it was there was going to be an attempt to steal it. Now here's my question on that: Did he actually think 
that it was Voldemort himself or a follower of Voldemort that would be looking to steal the stone? I think Dumbledore was intelligent enough to know that Voldemort wasn't going to do his own dirty work. Okay. So, when, well... We know Quirrell's tried to steal it, but we also... And, Vold, and um, Voldemort wasn't with him, with him at the time, because he yeah. said that when he failed at his mission to get the stone, then Voldemort... Right. Possessed him all the time. Yeah. Well, because at that point, like, you have to think, like, Voldemort was still kind of just, like, spirit? Right. He wasn't really himself at that point. So, I think maybe Dumbledore thought he was going to act through someone else. Because Dumbledore, he knows everything. Right. Somehow. But, yeah. That was my... my He is very good friends with the author. Yeah. Besties. (laughs) I think Dumbledore is, he's Joe. Right. Yeah. 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 She likes to claim that Hermione is her, but I I think Dumbledore is her. I think I can see both. Well, yeah. Because she does use Hermione to explain a lot of stuff as well. But she, Dumbledore drives it. Right. He's, he is earned. Yeah, Take definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, he he drives the story. Yeah, yeah. There would be no story without Dumbledore. Exactly. Okay, so then we have the cloak of invisibility, which Dumbledore had from uh, Harry's father, and he gifts it back to Harry. And I thought I thought that that was a very clever way to give it to Harry. He did it at Christmas. And Harry wasn't very suspicious. He took it because it was a gift and then used it. He wasn't like, well, why did you have it? You know, da, 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 da. He took it at face value. Right. And that's one of the things about Dumbledore in his, um, and I hate to use the word manipulation, but it is still manipulation. Yes. In, um, in, in how he does things to where they're so subtle. Yeah. You're not suspicious of that manipulation. I was going to say, I think this is a, a really good point to get into. In the previous books, we have literally... Maybe, you know what, maybe this can wait. Because they're, we'll wait to the end of the episode for this. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. So then you have the Mirror of Erised, um, which he allows uh, Harry to see it experience it but then he ends it right to where harry doesn't get obsessed yes sorry keep going i remember what i was gonna say go ahead Uh, okay and then uh then he uses it to um for the for the uh philosopher's stone in the end to be a way that if it was a very how does he put it a very clever way to use that the mirror. Yeah. To keep the stone safe. Yeah, yeah. Because he like he disguised, you know, the person who wanted wants it the but stone didn't want to use it. it. Yeah. Could get it out of the mirror. Yeah. Alright, so what did you what did you remember? So uh, up here when you're talking about Grindelwald being Dumbledore's greatest tragedy and right. his true love, we see that in the mirror of Erised, Dumbledore sees Grindelwald. Right. So, in that sense, um, he never stopped loving him. No. And it was kind of tied back to the point that I made where whether he loves, I think, I think he was holding on to the person, he was holding on to his youth, the person he was, the person he felt that he was in love with, but I don't think that Dumbledore could have loved Grindelwald as a cruel person he becomes. No, I don't either. So, um, which I think, I think that part of the great tragedy is that, that Grindelwald could have been, like they could have been together if Grindelwald had just realized that the, 
the greatest power is love. That is so cheesy, but it's so true. It is true. So, I mean... Love will always save the world. Yeah. No yeah. matter what. Yep. And it's like, you know... I'm sorry if you can hear my child panting like a dog. She's having a dream. <laughs> but, um... You know, there's... I've been kind of going through a rough time lately. And the one thing I keep remembering is I have so many people around me that love me. And that pulls me through. Because... In the end, if you have love, you have everything. Exactly. So, yeah. Which is, you know, which is kind of what's what's sad about Dumbledore is that he lost his mom, he lost his dad, he lost his sister. And in a sense, he lost his brother. I was going to say he was estranged from his brother. Right. He lost Grindelwald, who was, I mean, you could call him his true love. Um, but. He did have people around him who loved him. Well, the students and the teachers, oh, yeah. yeah, and that. And McGonagall is his fiercest. Yeah, and that, and that's, it's not blood, but it's yeah. still family. Well, and and there was, it, it was to you. You had posted on this Swisher page, and I think Linda responded and said, "People say the blood is blood is thicker than water." Yep. But it's she elaborated on it further and said the blood of the covenant is thicker. Than the water. She sure did. Meaning that, you know, friendship is the covenant that you make is thicker. And I, I think that I thought that was absolutely beautiful. And it it struck home with me because I've found the older I get, the more that my family will always be my family. But I have a family that I created in my own sense as well. Which is what Dumbledore did. So it was Gemma Pierce. Oh, was it Gemma? Okay. She said people it. think the saying is blood is thicker than water, but that's not true. It's actually the blood of the covenant that is thicker than the water of life mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. It means that friends are the family we choose for ourselves and you're under no obligation to put them first, especially if they don't seem to be considering you at all. Yeah. Yep. And I, I read that and I was like, it's yeah. beautiful. It was really good. And I, and if you are listening to this, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, like, not only did you help Robin, like, you helped me with that. And I'm sure you yeah, helped anybody I'm sure, that I'm, read Yeah, that. anybody that read that, there were, yeah, and yeah. somebody responded to that. I'm not yeah. Right. So yeah. it was really good, yeah. Yeah. This Swisher support, they're so awesome. And if you don't yeah. know who we're talking about, please, please look them up. Please look up Swish and Flick, the podcast. We, we kind of got away from mentioning them because yeah. people were like, you got to stop but yeah they're the whole reason that we're here they're the reason we're friends we exactly just, robin you know what i was thinking about our friend anniversary is coming up it's like february ish I is it yeah. oh yeah cool yeah well it'll come up on facebook because i took a picture, I know. I took a picture. <laughs> um but you know they're the reason that we're here and that and it's a just a phenomenal community yeah and you know if you need something or if you need to I'm gonna cuss if you need to bitch or moan or, um, you. I, I was feeling blue. Yeah. You know, and from the post that I had seen, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna put it in Swisher because I can kind of, you know, rant in there, and no, none of my family will see it. Yeah. And everybody came to my to to support me, and it's it's awesome. If you ever feel like you are alone in the world, all you have to do is put it in Swisher Support, and you will feel the love from literally around the world. And I get so sidetracked, and I don't, I don't post, I don't post back to post as much yeah. as I should. Um, but I try to read as much as I can, and at least like it. Yeah. And then I say a prayer for those people. So I might not post directly on the post, but I do pray for them. Yeah. And honestly, like, we, <clears throat> us being a part of this group, or the social support, we want to create the same atmosphere with our podcast. Yeah. So if you ever need anything, uh, definitely reach out to either one of us. We'll always make time for you. Um, if you're struggling, send me a message. Like, I'll, I'll always check up on you. De yeah, definitely to yeah. our email or do we have an email? We have an email. Oh, okay. Do I check it? No. Oh. <laughs> but, well, then don't send it to the email, but like DMS, DMS yeah. on uh, Facebook, on, on Instagram on or Facebook, message yeah. us on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want the tears. I know, right? All right. <clears throat> so he allows um, the trio to go and get the stone in the dungeons. Um, 
And as Harry said, he taught us enough to get through. And then in the end, he does the most, on one hand, the most awesomest thing, and then on the other, kind of mean. Like, what you doing, Dumbledore? That was not fair. (laughs) He gave the four, which includes Neville, because Neville earned it, 170 points to be Slytherin. So, if we have like an undervalued character in the books, it's, it's Neville. Neville. It totally is. Yeah, Neville, Neville. is the character. We need a, a, a section, uh, just a podcast on about Neville. Neville. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But I will say about Neville, Neville is that kid that wants to be a part of the group, mm-hmm. and the the other kids accept him. Yeah, but they. Don't include him all the time. Yeah. The way they should. He's he's a friend, but he's not... An afterthought friend. No, I wouldn't even say that. Not an afterthought? No, no. I would say that he's... He's one of the group, but he's not the group. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think they ever treated him as an afterthought. Um, and, And I think... I think in a way, if you can't relate to Neville, you can relate to Luna. And if you can't, then... That's true. What you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Were you not an awkward child? I know, right? Um, but I, yeah. It, it's literally, I remember uh, I remember the line, I don't remember what was said, but Harry goes, well, I am your friend, Luna. Harry was a friend to everybody. Even the odd she, girl. Yeah, she's... I can't, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. But, like I said, Neville is us, right? Yeah. He's, you can relate to Neville. Exactly. Harry's a little harder to relate to because he's the chosen one. Somebody put, uh, somebody posted the other day that he, did anybody realize that he was the jock at the end of the book? <laughs> That's true. And, you know. Neville's like the and baby. That, and, and, and Harry never felt like, like he was like the yeah. popular jockish kid he felt awkward too and felt you know my only friends are you know these people here that actually talk to me so he had issues too um but yeah he i think at the end he becomes the jock a little bit yeah but he was still to the point where he was cool like yeah he he was still yeah well towards you know towards the fifth and sixth he was like yeah I'm the chosen one. Yeah, the, I love the my. I love. There's like two scenes, and I think they're both the same movie. My brain hurts, but um, the part there are two favorite scenes from the movies, and the one is a strictly a movie thing that I kind of wish had been in the book. That's when Aragog dies, and Harry's like, "Yeah, giant pictures." That's just in the. It. That's just in the movie. Yeah. And uh, this. No, that was in one, the sixth. That was the sixth book. That was in the sixth movie. Yeah, I think this thing. I. Yeah, okay, this one's from the same movie then. It's when they're talking, Harry and Ron, or Harry and Hermione are standing in the library talking And she hits about, him with the book. She, yeah, he's like, yeah, that's I am the, the chosen one. She's like, pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's in the sixth book thing. I love yeah, that. Yeah. He was like, yeah. I am the chosen one. Yeah. Uh, which he wasn't, in the book, he was like, uh, I don't want to be, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. But I, I kind of, and I think he was mostly like that in the movie too. He was just kind of like, let me just be a kid for a minute. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Harry, Hermione's like, let me pull you back to Earth. Right. Okay, book two. Uh, so Dumbledore does something. Um, he he does it on purpose. Initially, I don't think he does it on... Initially, he does do it on purpose. Um, but he does it to teach uh, Lockhart a lesson. So this wasn't really for the children. This was actually for Lockhart. Um, he makes Lockhart the defense against the dark arts teacher because he found out that Lockhart uh, was um, putting memory charms on his friends, on Dumbledore's friends, that Dumbledore knew that they actually did those things, yeah. and Lockhart was taking credit for it. So he brought him in to, one, stop him from doing that, and make, made him the uh, defense against the dark arts teacher. If you take one thing away from book two... Don't plagiarize. Yeah, exactly. It's you, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's wrong, mm-hmm. and you're you're not. 
of elevating yourself, you're just hurting somebody else. Yeah, you know, if anything, it like it puts you lower. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it makes yeah. you look like a scumbag. Um, Do your own work. The Chamber of Secrets um, is opened, and he is aware um, of actually how it's open. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, he he's not. Uh, he doesn't like that Hagrid is falsely accused, and he um, definitely defends Hagrid. And at this point, I don't know why he doesn't. Um, I guess because they come in and they uh, take him out of the school, but I don't know why he doesn't say, "We'll just take Hagrid out of the school." Why are you sending him to Azkaban? You know what I'm yeah. saying? I, why allow that to happen? Because he probably could have stopped it. Sorry, I'm the the pause of me making a face. Robin's like waiting for me to respond to that. Um, I think it was a ministry thing. I think you're talking about when um, they come and take Hagrid yeah, from the hut. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a ministry thing. Okay. I think that I don't. Because Fudge is starting at this point to develop a little bit of resentment. I think kind of Fudge always had resentment toward Dumbledore because, like, he thought Dumbledore wanted to be minister. And um, so I think that Fudge kind of um, had some resentment there. But I, I think that, like, I don't think that Fudge would have listened to Dumbledore. Oh, okay. I really don't. Um. Jenny is taken over by Tom Riddle's diary, and um, I don't. Dumbledore doesn't know who is being controlled, but he has a suspicion that someone is being controlled somehow. He's just not sure how until later. Well, and and he is asked to step aside, right, before he can figure out right. And then you have the Basilisk that is released um and i don't if he would have known about it initially i don't know why he wouldn't i guess he didn't i guess he didn't figure out the basculist from the first opening into the second i don't think he knew where the entrance was but you still could have warned people and he was yeah. he was kind of surprised as everybody else yeah that's true as well um, and then he allows um, Harry to meet Forks. Fox. Okay, Jim Dale says Forks. There's no R in it. I understand that, but that's how he says it, and I can't get it out of my head. It's like the freaking Washington thing. That's how he pronounced it, and I really thought that the bird's name was Forks. I swear to God. I was like, and when I read it, I was like, Robert, all it's right. Not, it's not a fork, it's a dinosaur. It's a bird. Fox. Um, which allows um, Harry to make a connection with the bird mm -hmm. so that when he does call, uh, when he does defend Dumbledore, uh, the bird is called to Harry, which allows him to defeat Tom Riddle um, and then bring all of them out yeah. of the um, chamber. Well, because Fox brings the hat and he brings the sword. sword. But Dumbledore in his office says, I want to thank you, Harry. You must have shown me real loyalty down in the chamber because right. nothing other than that would have told Fox to Fox to, yeah, exactly. I think I quoted that word for <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I don't like book two. I don't either. Which it, And I don't know. I can't say I don't like it, but of, of the seven, it's my least favorite. Four is my favorite. One is my second favorite. I don't know why I don't like book two. Other than the fact, I think it grades on me the muggle discrimination. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can see the that. The pure blood, the mud blood comments, I don't like that book. Yeah. I get the book. I know it's necessary. I listen to it. I just don't like it. And my second favorite least book is five. Yeah, it's super funny. Three is my favorite. Five is my second favorite. Is it really? Yes. Because Like it has some it has some great things in five, but Umbridge absolutely creates on my nerve. Yeah. Yes, but at the same time, Umbridge creates super sassy Harry. 
I don't like Carrie in the in the fifth book. Oh, really? I just don't. I'm like, really? Oh, I do. And I get why. I get, he's a teenager. You have puberty. Yeah. You have frustration because people are not talking to you. I get it. I totally understand he acts the way that he acts. Yeah. I totally get it. But he could control himself a little bit better. Yeah. When it comes to the fact that you know what Dolores Umbridge is mm-hmm. and what you're trying to accomplish, and he can't do it. He yeah. cannot do it. Do it. But it's it, hard. And I know it's hard for yeah. him. And that's one of the things that I don't like about the book. But, but that's think, how she wrote it. And I get it. I think it, it's... I like it because one through four, you see Harry being strong. You know, you see him trying to live a somewhat normal life. And in five, he says, I'm freaking fed up with this. Mm-hmm. Nobody's yeah. believing me, so I'm going to start just acting the way I want to act. Yeah, I see that. But, um, yeah. Five is my favorite, then... Or, no, three is my favorite, then five, and then four. And then two is... Two is my least favorite, and only because I just... I don't know. And I, I think it does kind of come back to what you said, like, kind of the muggle hate... Like, at the same time, like, I feel it's kind of, like, a slower story. It is kind of, it is kind of slow. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It's, it's not about the pace or anything. I just think it's the story itself. Yeah. But it has to be told the way that she's telling it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's, and I'm not saying it's slow in a bad way. I'm just saying that's just how, how it is. Yeah. And I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So then we get to book three and we're introduced to the Dementors, which, um, Dumbledore does not like, and he is very resentful that they're mm-hmm. on uh, school property, and he has to battle them. Twice. One time. Twice. Three times. Right? So, First on the so, train. No, not uh, Dumbledore, not Harry. Oh. No, no. Yeah, this is Dumbledore's episode, isn't this? Um, just one time when they came on to the Quidditch pitch. Quidditch pitch, yeah. That was, and it, right. he was very mad. Yeah. Well, he almost killed Harry. If, yeah. Again. Uh, again, right. Not that Harry doesn't live on the edge of death, but, you know. Um, we're introduced to Sirius Black, um, Harry's godfather. You didn't put Lupin in here. Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. Oh, my God, Lupin. Don't oh my me, God, I'm so sorry. We're introduced to Remus Lupin, the new DADA leader. She I mean, uh, t- teacher, teacher, sorry, not leader, she teacher. favorite character. I'm sorry. To heck with mine. Sorry. Um, we learned about Azkaban, which we heard about Azkaban in the second book a little bit, but we learned a lot more about Azkaban. Um, and then um, we learned about uh, the fantastic, the imaginary animals, and where they may lay. We know Buckbeak was lying in the pumpkin patch, though. He was lying. Yeah, he was lying in the pumpkin patch. We learned that uh, Peter Pettigrew um, is alive. We learn the backstory of the Marauders and how they came to be, and um, Dumbledore is really not involved in any of that. Any of that time with the Marauders while they're telling this story. The Marauders' story falls all on uh, Hagrid, McGonagall, uh, Flitwick, and uh, not the mayor, the ministry. What's his name? Fudge. They tell the story in... Oh, the three broomsticks, I'm and Harry that. hears about Sirius and his father, Peter, and they don't mention Remus. They do talk about Peter, um, so he doesn't know that Remus is involved with the Marauders at that moment. He doesn't really know what the Marauders are because they don't really talk about the Marauders. You did. Uh, you forgot um, Madame Rosemary. They're telling her the story. Yeah. So she she yeah. is just getting the story. She's not part of telling the story. But the other four are. I'm literally sitting here, like, staring at Robin, like, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> and then she was like, okay, like, click. Um, he he is given the Marauders map by the Weasley twins. Yes. And head cannon. Only the Marauders can see another Marauder. Yeah. Because yeah. in the book, Remus is the one that sees Peter. Right. Harry never sees Peter. That's true. Yeah. And that makes sense. I like <sighs> I, I'm accepting this head cannon. Uh, Dumbledore doesn't is not really allowed to do anything other than to tell Harry that he has to go back in time and save two different people. Yeah. Two different lives. You can say two lives. Yeah. Um. So he gives him uh, a little bit of leeway uh, in book three, but he doesn't, he's not very hands-on in book three as he was more in book one and two. So he's he's still, now he's starting to distance himself a little bit from Harry. Yeah, a little bit. He's still the driving force behind everything. Well, yeah, but he's not as... Hands on as he was in the first right. two, he, he's kind of dragging himself back. Yeah. Then we is that you want to talk about anything no, else no, in book three? Was, yeah, okay. Good. Then book four, we have the Quidditch World Cup, and Ireland wins, but Crumb catches, catches the, the snitch because he ended it on his terms. And the boys never got the money. And the boys never got the money. The, which leads us into well, not having Quidditch at school. Yeah. Ooh. Because. I think Joe just wanted to break Well, she hates Quidditch. Quidditch. <laughs> she doesn't like to write it, they said. Yeah. She's like, she hates Quidditch. It means you invent something and then you hate yeah. writing it. So, you know. So then, so Quidditch is not at school because we have the Tri-Wizard Tournament. Um, we're in, in arrest, we are introduced to our fourth Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, Mad-Eye Moody, who is not really Mad-Eye Moody. He is an imposter. And he is an imposter because of Barty Crouch Jr. And we know that Mad-Eye Moody is a very good friend of Dumbledore's, and he comes to teach for one year. And he's given a lot of leeway to teach the children, mainly Harry, about uh, the unforgivable curses. Yeah. So here's here's my question on that. Mm-hmm. Mad Eye says I have been giving permission by Dumbledore to teach you these curses. So, but was he given permission when he was Mad Eye Moody, or was he given permission after when he was actually Barty Crouch Jr. Had to have been after. I mean, prior to him coming to the school, did him and Dumbledore talk about he needs to be taught, he needs to know what's coming, Voldemort is coming back eventually, he needs to know how to handle this, and Mad-Eye said, well, I can teach him how to handle these curses, but you have to give me permission. Yes, but like Or was that discussed after? You see what I'm saying? I do. And, I, and let me just gather my thoughts for a minute. Um, so first thing, if it was told to Moody before, like while he was still Moody, how would Junior have known? Because he had him in a trunk, and so he kept like, him, he kept him alive to like, give me this he kept kept him alive to get that information. Remember? Okay. Yeah. He said he kept him alive to question him. Okay. That to make sense. sure that he did what he was supposed to do. So the second part is being as Junior was Voldemort's man. Right. Why would he turn around and teach Harry these curses? He would. I, I get. I understand to like stay undercover, but like he would have had to have turned around and went to Voldemort and been like, "Well, you know, he's learning the unforgivables." You know what I'm saying. I think I think Dumbledore and Moody discussed it prior to him becoming junior. Right. And because that's a manipulation again on Dumbledore's Dumbledore. part yeah. to train and prepare Harry for the coming war. And I, I think it was prior. Okay. And then Judy was like, 
Judy. Sorry, that's a <laughs> phrase from Swish and Flick. Uh, so Junior was like, "Well, crap! Now I'm gonna have to teach him." Yeah. Which he he was in touch with Voldemort anyway. Yeah, he, he was, was sending him letters. So Voldemort knew that he was being drained. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> and then, during the Tri Wizard tournament, Voldemort does come back, and. Um, we see Dumbledore interacting a lot at the end of this with Harry getting all this information. And I told you when Harry said he took my blood and Dumbledore looked and smiled with a smirk and was like, got you now. Yep. Dumbledore still is a master manipulator. Yeah. And he knew he had... Harry now was able... He was able to become equal with Voldemort because they had the same blood in them. Yeah. And and I, I want to come back at the end and talk about Dumbledore's manipulations. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so book five... <clears throat> Uh, the order of this phoenix is reestablished. Um, Dumbledore gets demoted, and the ministry is trying to discredit him. Um, he defends Harry at his trial, but he doesn't talk to Harry. Now he's starting to, um, at this point, because he knows that. I think at this point he does know that Harry is a Horcrux, and that Voldemort has a direct link with him with the blood. There's also that link with the Horcrux. He has, because he had the summer to kind of, you know, deal with stuff. Yeah. He's like, he's, yeah, okay. he's distancing. Now he's really distancing himself from Harry to where he's not talking to Harry. He's not looking at Harry. He's keeping himself to where he is not what I, I, I don't know, a target or, um, not really a target, but a, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Pawn? No. Um, crap. I hope not crap. He, if he gives himself to where he has access to Harry, Voldemort will see that as an opening and a way into Dumbledore. So he's cool. cutting... A cut, he's cutting himself off from do, do what now? A tool? Yeah, that's not the word I'm looking for. Anyway, um, he is forced at this point to hire Umbridge um, as the defense against the dark arts. He doesn't have uh, a choice in that matter. But I think that he could have found somebody else. I really do. I think he allowed him, I, I think he allowed it that he, had, he was forced to hire her. Because there again, there's a lesson in there for Harry. Um, the ministry put her there. He didn't have a choice. No, he's for, no, no, no. They forced him to hire her. The ministry forces him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He didn't have a choice. But yes, but her. I think he allowed that to happen because I think he could have found somebody. Yeah, but well, yes, I agree. He could have found somebody, but the ministry wouldn't have let him put that person in place. Is what I'm saying. If he'd have found somebody before Umbridge was put into that position, I think Umbridge would not have been, she'd have come in as some other way. Okay, I can see that. But either way, like, Umbridge was, was whether as, like, an overseer or a teacher, yeah. she would have been there. Yeah. Um, he takes responsibility for um, Dumbledore's army and leaves as headmaster to save Harry from expulsion, which keeps Harry safe and in school. Um... He does show up at the ministry to help the DA and uh, the Order of the Phoenix to fight uh, the Death Eaters and take on Voldemort, which was the a huge, awesome, spectacular yeah, duel. That yeah. was so awesome. It was probably the best fight scene of the movies. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, in the end of book five, he breaks down and he tells Harry about the prophecy and gives Harry the the answers um, that Harry needs yeah. and explains his actions to Harry, which needed to happen. Um, 
Anything? No, I'm holding on to it. You're holding on to it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I think we can. I think we can end in that. I, I don't okay. think. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. All right. So, book see. six. He finds a Horcrux and puts it on, and kills his hand. And he does say that that was pure vanity. And, uh... Yeah, but, like, where else are you gonna keep... Yeah, but... Yeah, but instead of destroying it first... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Put it on his hand. Um, he hires Slughorn for potions and moves Snape to the defense against the Dark Arcs job, knowing that Snape would have to leave the school because that, that job is cursed. Uh, you think that's what he did I, I do. Because he knew Voldemort was back. Excuse me. Voldemort was back. The end was coming. He knew Snape was going... They had already arranged his death. So he knew Snape was going to need a way out to protect his... His... Um, cover. Cover. Um, he teaches Harry as they explore Voldemort's history and what the Horcruxes mean um, so that Harry is aware of what's going on before Dumbledore can no longer teach him. Right. Um, and he dies at the hand of Snape, which they have ta- they talked about earlier to save Dumbledore from dying in agony from the cursed hand. So let me go back here for just a second. You said that you think Dumbledore gave Snape defense against the dark job as a way out. I see it more as Dumbledore Dumbledore trusted Snape. Right. To be able to teach the, the students what they needed to know to prepare them for the war. However, I believe that he knew possibly that once he was dead, that Snape would have been given the job of headmaster. So I think maybe that's why um, he put him as Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. But I think that when we talk about like the defense post being cursed, I think maybe that's how and why Snape died. Does that make any sense at all? Like, Dumbledore knew that he was going to die. Right. He wanted somebody he trusted to be in charge of Hogwarts when Voldemort was right. in power. So he wanted that to be Snape, because he knew it wouldn't be McGonagall. So I'm saying that maybe had Dumbledore not allowed Snape to be the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, he wouldn't have died, because that post is cursed. But the post is cursed that the same teacher cannot teach two years in a row. Right, well, sometimes they die. That's true. Sometimes they die. But he didn't die that year. He died a year later. Yeah. And he wouldn't have died if Voldemort had used his freaking brain and realized what the the wand meant. Yeah. So that was pure arrogance on Voldemort's part. Voldemort is pure arrogance. Well, that's true. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you know. I see both points though. Okay. Yeah. But that was just kind of where I stood on that. I mean, it could it could have... Yeah, I mean, it, it was a cursed job. So, yeah. yeah, that could have led to his death, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, book seven, this is where we learn the history of Dumbledore and his family. Um, about his obsession with the Deathly Hallows and the greater good. Um, his portrait helps Snape. It also helps Harry and the trio on their quest to find the Horcruxes, which they don't know about that because that's through Snape. Also, it also helps with finding the Hallows as well because he left the um, Beetle the Bard book to Hermione yeah. with the uh, Hallows mark in it. Yeah, everything that Dumbledore gives the trio is, is uh, key. Exactly, yeah. His spirit comes to Harry at King's Cross Station to answer a lot, a lot, a lot of questions Harry still had. 
and to help him finish the journey to stop Voldemort. But he also gave him a choice. He also gave him a choice. He said, you don't have to go back. You can either go back or you can go on, which I like that. He's not forcing him. Finally. He's 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 let he lets him choose in the end because Harry at that point Harry had actually done his part yeah he had finished his part Voldemort was defeated the Horcruxes were all gone but one so there was still hope somebody else and Harry had given had given the Horcrux quest. He had added Neville in, so he knew that was taken care of. So he could have ended his journey at that point right. and gone on in an opposite direction. Neville would have saved the world ultimately. Anyway. Exactly. Because, you know, he is awesome. That's right. Neville's a bouncy friend. Um, and then, and then in, in the end, after Harry made the choice to actually stop Voldemort himself... Uh, Dumbledore's portrait gave Harry the direction on how to fix his wand. He also gave him um, kudos on dropping the stone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and that's the end of book seven in the whole series. Series will never be over. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to discuss because it's it, it does get thrown around a lot that Dumbledore is a manipulative character. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Well, and that's exactly kind of where I was going with that. Like, he... I, I have in the notes discussed Dumbledore's bad points. I should have thought that through a little bit more and discussed Dumbledore's motives. Yeah. Dumbledore may have went about things in a manipulative, sometimes shady way. But everything he did was, and I'm going to use a Grindelwald phrase, for the greater, greater good. good. It was for the greater good. And so... And it wasn't for the greater good of just the wizarding world. It was for the greater good of everybody. everybody. Yeah. And there's a there's the difference. There's the difference between Grindelwald and his greater good mm-hmm. and Dumbledore and his greater good. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. This is for one community when you're talking about Grindelwald and... Dumbledore's greater good was for everybody. Right. And I think that, like, we can compare this back to real life. Like, we look at, we can look at the Grindelwald community as being, like, white supremacist. Whereas we can look at um, Dumbledore as being, I can't even think of a leader who would have been for, like, everybody, not just, like, one group. Okay, I'm just going to throw it out there. Please don't get mad at me about over this. I'm going to say Lincoln. Yes, yes, I feel like Lincoln. That's a good, that's a great. Because yeah. he wanted to end slavery. Yeah. And he wanted everybody to be equal. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. And that's for the great. greater good. And then you have, you know, plantation people who are like, well, I don't want to lose my slaves. Well, you know what? Yeah. They're human beings, man. Get you a freaking horse, and if you and if you need people, pay them. Right. Hello. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you don't need slaves. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Well, and that's you know, it's kind of throwback to not throwback. Okay. Um, uh, she agree. Yeah, she does. But like, you remember in the ministry when uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione like took the polyjuice potion, and they're looking at the fountain, and um, one of the boys goes, "Is that Muggles?" And her, or is that? And Hermione goes muggles in their proper place. In their place. proper place. And they're yeah. down at the bottom. At the bottom, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like like Dumbledore, he's for the people, you know? Right. And while, like I said, while he, he did go about things in a shady way, I don't think he was anything other than a good character. Because it's sometimes said that maybe Dumbledore was bad just because he was manipulative. But, like, I think the way that he did the manipulating was the only way he could conceive that this works. This plan would work. And while, you know, he does say at one point, like, Harry, he was too young to know. 
You know, you can't tell an 11 year old, you're, hey, look, you're going to save the world. Right. What kind of pressure does that put on a kid? You know? Exactly. So he did things that was. He. They were he, in Harry's best interest. It was. Well, and, but uh, yes, but at the same time, because we also have Snape go, so you raised him like a pig for slaughter. So, because Dumbledore essentially did know that Harry had to die. Yeah, Harry had to die. Right. So, but at the same time, like, you sacrifice one for the greater, you know, for the many. Right. And while it sucks that Harry was a child and he had to make that decision about a child, at the same time, like, I don't think Dumbledore was wrong. I don't either. And I, I don't, I don't think anything. And neither did Harry. Harry realized yeah. at the end, he realized Harry could have walked away and yeah. left Voldemort to live and to conquer, yep. but he didn't. And he took that responsibility and he wore it as a mantle yep. and he won. Yeah. And and that's a testament to, you know, it, it's been said many times, I think maybe in the Swisher group, how Harry was raised by people as horrible as the Dursleys and came out as good as he was. I think it's a testament to James and Lily that also that he got their kindness that he was willing to die for a bunch of people he didn't know um so yeah i think i agree with that too i think dumbledore was he is the most complex character i would argue but he also had the simplest motive yeah i would agree with that i would totally agree with that yeah he is probably And it, like, kind of, like, hurts me to say this because of how much I love Lupin. But I think after this episode and after, like, how much we discussed about Dumbledore, I truly think that Dumbledore may be my favorite character just because he's just the epitome of kindness. But Lupin is as well. So, I mean... Yeah, but you can have more than one favorite character. You can, yeah. You can, yeah. That's true. They're tied at first. Yeah, very easily tied at first. But I, I do have. So, l- so let's just do this. Like, has this doing this episode, these three episodes, and I know me too. Has it changed your opinion of Dumbledore, or has it strengthened it, or what has it done? I have always liked Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Um, I always. I always took Dumbledore at face value. Yeah. I never thought, how can you do that to a kid? I never thought, I never, reading the books, never, never went beyond, that's Dumbledore. Right. Um, I... He's just always been Dumbledore to me. So I never saw him as a bad character. I never saw him as a righteous character. Mm -hmm. Saw him as Harry's mentor. Yeah. And, you know, his, one of the first lines in the, in the book where she goes, how can you, Put him with these These people, these horrible people. They're the worst sort of muggles. They're the worst sort of muggles. And he says, I can't, he's gonna, he needs to grow up away away from from all this craziness so he can live the most normalist life that he can be. Mm -hmm. But yet, he defended Harry and came down on the Dursleys in the end. You yeah. have not treated him the way you should have treated him. He always came back, no matter what he did and what decision that he made, if it turned out to be a bad decision, he always made a point not to rectify it, but at yeah. least to point it out. Yeah. Like that was he not a good decision. There was a decision that he had to make to put Harry to where Harry was protected. But in the end, it wasn't a good decision. Yeah. And he called the Dursleys out on it. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Um, he he told Harry, in the end, when they were in the train station, you are a wonderful 
oh, brilliant boy man. And, yeah. You have gone from being a boy to, to a man, and you made the right decision. Yeah. So, I always saw him just, he was, to me, always Dumbledore. and never saw him as anything good or bad, or... I, I never saw him as manipulative either mm-hmm. until Swish and Flick. Yeah. And then I was like, well, yeah, maybe he is a little bit manipulative. But I, I, I took him at face value that that's what he needed to be in the book. That's I all did. right. That's <laughs> all right. I ended it. She just knocked the table. It was funny. Um, I would say that I had always seen Dumbledore as the sort of hero behind Harry. Um, Okay. I've always sort of seen him as manipulative. And the minute I read, you're raising him like a pig for slaughter, I kind of stopped and was like, is he truly the character I thought he was? And so I went through this phase for a long time where I was like, I don't really like Dumbledore. I don't really like him. And in just... Maybe in the last two or three rereads, which is probably the last two or three years, um, I have really started to dig a little bit deeper and think a little bit more about what Dumbledore is and who he is and what he represents. And I think that this episode really let me kind of to... I never really put super lot of amount of thought into it until this and then this episode made me kind of go Dumbledore is who I thought he was in the beginning he is the hero behind Harry he is the reason for everything he's he saves the world as much as Harry does if not more so I think that yes he's manipulative but I think he's manipulative in a good way and I think that the Dumbledore is probably the most, the deepest character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can agree with that. Yeah. I kind of look at that manipulation as um, like a general directing his troops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Harry goes from being a private to a sergeant. Yeah. And I don't know what the rest of them are. Over the rings are. So, Maybe uh, you know, he goes up through the ranks until he's up to where, you know. Yeah. He's the general. Well, what's right below a general? Maybe double like the brigadier general and then Harry the Cur- general. Okay. Oh, sure. He's Colonel Potter. All right. <laughs> if that works for you. From MASH. He's Colonel Potter. He goes from being Hawkeye to being. I didn't like that show. <gasps> Get out of my house. No, that's big. Randall doesn't like it either. <laughs> but uh, I've seen a couple episodes, but I I, I love that uh, show. If there's one one show that makes me cry, it's the series finale of Mash when Hawkeye gets in the helicopter and is spelled out in rocks. I'm like, <laughs> like it's bad. It's big old big old tears. I have it on DVD. Oh, Lord. That show is way older than me, but I had it on DVD. It is way older than me. It's mm-hmm. older than I am. Yeah. It ran, that show ran longer than the actual Korean War. I, I know, yeah. right? Isn't that funny? It's ridiculous, but it was that good. And you can't I always Alan remember, uh, what was his name? Hawkeye? No, the one that wore dresses that was trying to get out. Oh, uh, Max uh, Klinger. Clinger, yeah. and then he actually met somebody and was yeah. going to get married in a white dress, and she said, you can't wear a white dress, yeah. and he was like, why? She was like, it means death. Yeah. And we're yeah, red. It was yeah. funny. Yeah. I remember I, that. I love that She one. was like, you can't wear white. It means death. He's yeah. like, oh, crap. I'm sorry. <laughs> Clinger. My favorite was um, Radar. I think everybody loved Radar. Was he was so cute. so cute. He was so cute. Um, all right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So, on this day, in, not on this day, in the history of magic, the Chamber of Secrets is created. 
The growing frictions between Godric Gryffindor and Salazar Slytherin erupts into violence, with the result that Slytherin leaves Hogwarts after creating the Chamber of Secrets. He places a basilisk within the chamber, someday to be released, to finish his noble work of, of ridding the castle of those he considered to be unworthy to study magic. So Slytherin's people, can we, can we consider them unworthy to study magic? Because they sort of... There's some good Slytherins. Oh, I'm not saying... Uh, I'm saying like the dirtbags who use the words mudblood. Mudblood? Yeah. yeah. Alright. This concludes Dumbledore. Three part. Dumbledore. Double annuary. Double annuary. Alright. So be sure to join our Facebook page, Ridiculous Podcast Group. And, and we also have Ridiculous Podcast. Yes, we have, okay, so we have our group, which is a Ridiculous Podcast group, and then we have a page, which is Ridiculous Podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram, both at Ridiculous Pod, and you can follow me on Instagram at SamanthaGoddard03. You can also follow me on Running My Pups, um, that's on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, also, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, and if you do, shout give you a shout out. Join us next week as we discuss wand makers. I'm like, wait, next week? You mean like January? Because like, so we're recording this before Christmas, but it's gonna release like next year in January. So I'm like, we ain't recording that next week. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> but, but yeah, when Her this comes brain out, has died. When this comes done. out, then the week after we'll discuss wand makers. Yes. And uh, we'll be sure to put an apology. For, for my dumbness on this It's episode. not dumbness. It's just your brain's fried. That's true. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening, and we hope you come back for more Potter. We do not need magic to transform the world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. J.K. Rowling. Be freaking kind. Bye.